Hey there, you're listening to the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha Endish. Welcome to the podcast today. This is the podcast for leadership and career development. You are listening to the Not So Breakfast Show. And today we're talking about running from your problems. Let's not face anything. Let's put our head in the sand. Let's get out of here. Well, that's one approach. Probably not the one we're going to be talking about today. Also, we cover off that you can't always give great lessons to your kids. It was like a movie. We just walked out of the car, picked up our bags, went into the airport. And I said, Pushy, I don't think this is teaching you any good lessons. (laughs) Because today, in the middle of a crisis, we've just kind of glided on through. And Sasha and I get to know each other more and more. So what's the best concert you've ever been to? Well, see, this is the thing, Sash, because I haven't done a concert. Ever? Ever. Anyway, that's the show. Let's get it. Alright, welcome to the Not So Breakfast Show today, and this is the one about running from your problems. What are those things? Those things that consume our focus, consume our time, we worry about them, or they're just a pain in the ass, and we just need to deal with them, but sometimes we go head in the sand, or worse, run away. And to help me with that discussion, Sasha, got some problems? <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm not bringing any expertise to this particular conversation, although I'm good at facing hard things Mm. and dealing with hard things, but I find what I'm rubbish at, and you might be able to help me with this, it's not so much running from my problems, it's just not taking the action to fix them, so just putting the band-aid on. So just before we came on, I was describing to you a tech issue that I'm having, and I've had the same tech issue every day for the past maybe 30 days. Mm. So I have a workaround that takes probably seven minutes. What I need to do is take 15 minutes and fix it. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? So it's, it's not it's not kind of running from my problem, but it's not actually dealing with it. It's doing a little Band-Aid. And yeah, so that's what I'm rubbish at. So please fix me. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure I'm going to fix you, but part of the discussion should be trying to bring some cognitive awareness to what we are avoiding right now. One of those things that may not even be on your mental radar, but if you actually sat down and kind of go, what are the things I'm just avoiding? I'm avoiding that person, or I'm avoiding this conversation, or I'm avoiding that project. And just try to shed some light onto maybe why that is. Because what I think tends to happen is sometimes when we don't want to deal with something or there is a problem that we don't want to address, we end up just walking around it so much that we kind of forget that we're just wasting all of this time or doing things differently to avoid a certain situation. Part of this conversation is just going, are there things that you are avoiding right now that you shouldn't be? Yeah, that's so true. I had lunch with a friend yesterday, and when I went into the lunch venue, there was a guy also having lunch there. And he's not my nemesis, Mm. but I don't really respect him. I don't like him that much. (laughs) So what I did was I just made sure we didn't sit near him. Right, yeah. So I was avoiding him. Mm. And I think by the end of listening to this podcast, I will take, another approach which is to go up to him and say I don't like you I don't respect you but I'm still going to sit next to you 
says, would that fix it? I think that's definitely would fix your side of the problem. I'm not sure if it's going <laughs> to fix his side of the problem or just introduce the problem to him. But that is a great example of things that, you know, might just people that we just don't even want to be interacting with. And so as a result, we end up doing stuff different or behaving different that becomes draining. And suddenly, you know, you, you have those people in your team that are more draining. So what we tend to do is try not to spend as much time with them. But as a result, some things end up becoming even bigger issues. And then we have to spend even more time with them in a way that we don't want to, because now it's much heavier than if we just had those little conversations or, or just kind of put out the match and not the bushfire. It, yeah, it feels to me like part of what we might be getting to as a solution is just that super cheesy nip it in the bud, like go early, mm. like recognize early that you're resisting and actually lean into that, press into the resistance and say, the most important things to do every day are the things I'm resisting. Yeah. That's because good. if I don't do them now, and I mean, how true is that of exercise? <laughs> <laughs> Well, for, for not all of us, but for some of us, right? Yeah. Or of your daily meditation or, you know, of the call to your mother or whatever it is that you know would enhance your life, but it feels a little bit hard. Yeah. Lean into it. Just do that thing. Definitely. And then ask yourself why, like, why are you avoiding it? Or why aren't you doing it? hard. <laughs> we know it's hard, but I think hard is the perception. Right? Ah, okay. Tell me about that. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. I don't want to deal with it. But actually, there'll be an underlying issue that you may not actually want to be dealing with it. You're just putting it in the hard category. So I've got the bucket. This one's hard. I'm going to put it in the hard bucket. But it may not be a hard thing. It might be that if I have that conversation, I'm going to also have to address the fact that I'm not very good at this. Or I'm also going to have to address the fact that my competency isn't strong in that area. And as a result, I might get exposed. You might have to own the part that you've played in the creation of the problem in the first place. Yeah. You know, if your team is going crazy and things are going wrong in your team, it could be you. <laughs> you could be part oh, of it. And sometimes it's it is me. Yeah. I know it's me. Yeah. Well, no, Sarge, that won't be it, surely. Yeah, no, it is. And, and and that's okay. That's part of the thing of dealing with it. It's like yeah. sometimes I want to say, where are we at on a project? And I know the answer to that is waiting for you, Sash. Mm. Where we're at is we're waiting for you. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Hey, there's things that get surfaced when you dig a bit deeper and say, why is it hard? Why am I avoiding it? kind of would explore like how much of your focus and energy is being taken from you because of this thing let's talk about procrastination right you, there's something that you're trying to avoid doing so we end up doing other things that are less important or more interesting than that thing and then as a result it, it consumes your focus and energy for other stuff because all of a sudden it's like well I should be working on the project but I think I'm just going to take a break and watch some Netflix and then all of a sudden three hours go past I still have to work on the project, but all of a sudden it's now more of a problem and I'm either going to procrastinate further or I'm now going to be pressured and panicked and maybe not be as good at the job. I love this idea of just doing the hard thing first. I, mean, I was talking to, to someone that I work with in my kind of sphere, not in my immediate team, 
and uh, and they were explaining that what they like to do is they like to do all the little bitty things, and then at the end of the day, ha! Ah, when they've done all those little things, they feel ready to tackle the hard thing. I'm like, wow, what a load of bullshit that is, right? <laughs> yeah. Because by the end of the day, you're at your worst, you're most tired, you've been distracted by other people's priorities, and then you're finally sitting down to do the hard thing. When in actual fact, we should first thing in the morning tackle the hardest thing, the thing that most needs to be done. And it's so obvious when you hear it from someone else, but I think we often give ourselves permission to just crush some more candies before we face it. Or I've just got to get the word all before I before I tackle something hard. Or after lunch, I'll do that thing. Or next year, I'll ring my nemesis and apologize. Or yeah. the, the, you know, the eternal delay, the eternal putting off the problem. I ended up with this unique thing the other day where I was supposed to be traveling down to Dunedin, our club down there. And so we did the classic, it was up, we're on the early flight, and it was the 40 minutes on the runway, first world problem, frustrating. But anyway, little flap was open, they came out and closed it. Then we took off, beautiful day, sun comes up, beautiful skies, we're an hour into the flight, and then the pilot comes on and says, uh, we're heading back to Auckland. <laughs> the wind is too strong. We can't land in Dunedin. So everyone's on the plane's like, what? Was that this week? Oh, that, yeah. Like two days yeah. ago? Yeah, just two on days Tuesday. ago. On Tuesday? Okay, I'm going to blow so, your mind, but keep going. Okay. So then I get, they turned around, we land back, and it's only nine in the morning. That's because we're on the really early flight. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I've just got an entire day back. Like that never happens, oh. right? So... They were saying, oh, we could go into work, we could do some stuff, but I hadn't taken my computer. So I was like, I'm going to go and work from home. And I just had this day where I had a choice. Do I just, you know, cruise away and waste it? Or do I just go in and do those big things that I've been putting off for so long that I know needs to get done? And I just slammed it, man. I just went in there and got all of that big stuff done. And I can tell you what... The next day, I just felt great. Ah. Yes, frustrating because I didn't get to need for the meeting, but won a whole day back and closed off four or five big things. So yeah, that was that was wicked. So, but I want to hear about your well, story. So what I think is amazing about that, before I tell you the like small world story, is <laughs> you could artificially create that for yourself all the time. Mm. You just go. I just got to put a day in my calendar once a month or once a fortnight yeah. or whatever, where you go, oh, all that life admin or jobby admin that builds up, that's the space that I'm going to do that. So on Tuesday morning, Portia and I were in Dunedin because she had been at the Otago Open Day looking at universities. So we had to be back in Hamilton on Tuesday night because she is in the school production and she has a very important non-speaking role, but it's important. And that night before, she got contacted to say, could she take on another role because of COVID? Mm. So we said, yes, 100%, wow. we will be there. Tuesday morning, your flight to Auckland has been cancelled because of high winds. Oh, no. no problem. Mama Sash, I am the ultimate problem solver. I just immediately booked her another flight to Auckland. Yeah. That flight has been cancelled. No problem. It's 8 a.m. We've got this. We only have to be in Hamilton, which is a whole other island away. We cannot just drive there. We've got like eight hours to get there. We can do this. This is possible. I ring every rental car agency. There are no cars in the centre of Dunedin, but there's cars at Dunedin Airport, which Ooh. is 30 minutes outside of Dunedin. This is not a problem. We call a taxi. The taxi takes us to Dunedin Airport. 
we get in a car, we drive four and a half hours to Christchurch. <laughs> on the drive, on the way up, we ring in New Zealand and we say, we need a flight. We've got to get from Christchurch to Hamilton. The show must go on. But as we're driving out to Dunedin Airport, we see a plane come in and turn around and not land. So I don't know if you made it yep. that far, but that's a plane that went there. The whole time, I'm going to get to like the point of the story. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. The whole time, the whole time we're going, wind is a wind. Bloody pilots, wuss bags, <laughs> they just cancel flights on a whimsy, whimsy. What is wind? Yeah. When we got to Dunedin Airport, we opened, Porsche and I opened the doors of the taxi at the same time and we could not get out or stand up. Oh, wow. It was the most insane wind we have ever experienced. And as we were trying to get our bags out of the taxi, almost impossible to stand up. So you are very, very lucky yeah. that you were not exposed to that wind in the air. For once, I was like, oh, no, this was a great call. Driving is good. Let's just drive. We should just drive everywhere. Uh, that's, that's great because the perception in my mind when we were up, because it was calm, and I had the weather, um, I checked it, and it was sunny in Dunedin, it was sunny in Auckland, it was calm and there was no wind. So when they said there's the strong wind in Dunedin, part of me was going, I don't think that's it. I reckon there's something wrong with the landing gear <laughs> and they're telling me it's the wind and we're heading back. But actually, it's the landing gear. Turns out it was the wind. And you're my proof. I was there. If they had said they were flying, I would have thought twice about getting on that plane. Wow. It was insane. And quite a lot for you to worry about in terms of the landing gear coming down because you'd already <laughs> dealt with the certain eruption of Waiheke just one week earlier. So, exactly. I mean, how are you going with, like, keeping your head away from disaster? Yeah, well, Joe's back now, so I feel more secure. Yeah, that's good. It's good. good. This has been a great catch-up for you and oh, me to be like, we were both affected by the same weather event from opposite <laughs> ends of the country. Oh, the listeners are going, just get back to the bloody Okay, how, yeah, problems. <laughs> oh, but before we do... Did Portia get to do the, the thing? Oh, 100%. And oh, since yeah, then, someone else has got COVID. So tonight, in tonight's show, now she's singing. I reckon if the if the show had kept going for a few more nights, she would single-handedly be playing every character. <laughs> she's, she's doing great, my girl. She's One like, woman yep, show. let's do it. All right. Now, I don't know who this message is for, but this message is for someone. Ignoring it doesn't mean it will go away. Uh, it sounds like a simple message, but how many times do we just go, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm just not going to do anything about it. I'm just not going to worry about it, although you're technically worrying about it. And I just hope it goes away. That's not a leadership strategy. It's not a management strategy. It's not a great life strategy because chances are it doesn't go away. It just gets bigger and it bites you in the ass. Most times problems intensify. They don't get smaller over time. Yeah. Do you remember, I don't know, when you were growing up, I've just got this residual memory of an ad that says, Rust never sleeps. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was a big thing when we were growing up. Yeah. And the quicksand. Rust. We were going to die of quicksand. There's been yeah. almost no quicksand in my life. But growing up, like, that was the thing we most had to avoid. Rust and quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea, right, that even just a little bit of rust, if you didn't deal with it in your car, it was going to spread. Oh, totally. So problems can be opportunities, right? Tell me about that. So it can be a problem that we've got 
if we address it, it's an opportunity to grow, stretch, develop, change, learn something, think a different way. So if the problems never came along and everything was just smooth sailing, well, you're just not going to actually grow and develop a great skill set. A lot of the success we see in people or, or successful leaders or whoever has kind of, uh, I guess, in a perception made it to the top, we only see that end result. We haven't seen all the problems, the things they've overcome, the dramas that actually gives them that competency and that mastery. You don't get that without playing in the game. And we referenced this the other week. You don't get to be a great sports person unless you play against other sports people that are A-graders. Half the reason you're great is because you're in that environment and you're dealing with it and you're in the game taking some knocks. We'll be right back. Do you spend too much time planning out and then freaking out about your upcoming presentations? Then the 30-minute presenter program is for you. With our audio-based training program, you can literally learn the art of presenting while walking, driving, or even in the bath. Imagine Sasha and I right there with you. Well, not in the bath, but in your ears, unpacking our 40 years of combined experience in this impactful upskill. Learn to craft messages that matter, engage an audience, and overcome those nerves. So join the 30-minute presenter program. The link is in the show notes. Get started today. I was thinking about this idea that why don't we hold on to how good it feels when you've addressed the problem? Mm. Like I think when you've got something that's hanging over you that's niggly, as soon as you deal with it, there's you get flooded with this enormous relief. Even if the outcome's not what you wanted, the fact that you've dealt with it is huge. But our brains don't remember that. Our brains don't remember that relief feeling our brains just kind of cling to the drama of how hard it's going to be. Yeah. And so I think it's really useful to remind ourselves, to to say to ourselves, you are going to feel much better when you address it. It's almost like as soon as the thought pops up, get a plan to deal with it, deal with it, move on. Mm. Like that's the smartest way to tackle the things that are, that are ahead. And I think probably what was happening on Tuesday when we were trying to get from Dunedin back to Hamilton it sounds stupid to talk about being proud of myself, but I was kind of like, as each new obstacle arose, I was just like, that's cool. Here's what we're going to do. That's cool. Here's what we're going to do. No worries. Here's what we're going to do. And just by, rather than going, ah, and freaking out, just going, these are just problems to solve. And how interesting is it that that kind of drama, you're quite calm in, and yet three minutes with your laptop, and you're ready to crush it with a sledgehammer. <laughs> but it, it's in our wheelhouse of competency, right? Yeah. The moment you're kind of in those bigger stuff, like you you are calm and you do make great logical decisions and stuff, but the tech stuff can just drive you crazy. Oh, it's so annoying. You know, I'll tell you one last cool thing about that trip. Mm. Taking the car from Dunedin to Christchurch one way, there was going to be a $180 surcharge. Oh, because they have to drive it back. Right? So I was like, oh, yeah. oh, damn, but I don't really want to drive it back myself. This is like, uh, I'm starting to get a bit mm-hmm. about that. And the guy looks at us and he goes, tell you what, I need a car taken back to Christchurch. If you don't tell anyone, I'm just going to give it to you. Could you fill it up with petrol when you get there? <laughs> and Porsche and I are like, we could do that. He asked to see my license. Mm-hmm. I signed a computer form. He took no credit card. He took no email address. 
and we got in the car and drove away. I mean, it felt like Thelma Noise. <laughs> it felt like we could just go anywhere and nobody would know. You know. I had a friend that used to do that. He used to ring up the, the car rental places and go, look, uh, I'm heading up. Have you got a car that you need to take him back? And just about every time there was a car that needed taking back and it was exactly the same. Yeah, I know it's a thing, but I didn't think it was going to like just so fortuitously land in our lap. When we arrived in Christchurch Airport, yeah. we pulled into the rental car place and a guy in a vest came out and said, we've been expecting you, leave the rubbish, you get on the plane. It was like a movie. Wow. We just walked out of the car, picked up our bags and went into the airport. And I said, Pushy, I don't think this is teaching you any good lessons <laughs> because today in the middle of a crisis, we've just kind of glided on through. It was awesome. That's cool. And maybe that computer thing that you signed when it said, don't tell anyone, it also said, maybe don't put it on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, the good thing is hardly anyone is listening. <laughs> And you know what? I know that my parents are listening right now because they're here with oh, me. Oh, are they? They're here with me and Kitty Kitty Row. It's very exciting. Oh, that is. They're begging to come on the podcast. And I think, mm, maybe Ooh, next week. Oh, that could be interesting. A little bit of uh, insights into Sasha's past. No, I get enough of those. No. <laughs> Every week. Now we've maybe identified a problem, maybe we've kind of looked at how much time we're wasting or, or the, how much better it would be if we just solved it. Like, what would you need to change in order to make it go away? Because I think when you can identify exactly what step it is specifically, so not just in the too hard bucket, not just in the I'm going to be nicer bucket, because that bucket doesn't work, you've got an issue with someone and you just think, I'm just going to make it go away by, I'm just going to be nicer. I'm just going to smile. I'm going to be pleasant. I'm not going to cause any friction. Meantime, this person's filtering through this thing that needs to be dealt with. And all they're seeing is you ignoring it, you passive aggressively smiling. <laughs> like the perceptions of both of those things isn't right. So you need to be addressing it the right way. So what steps, what actions, what changes would you need to put in place in order to make it disappear? Yeah, I can really see this playing out in family situations too. You know, when there's like underlying hostility, but everyone's just <laughs> smile and wave and then eventually there'll be some uncle's birthday where someone has too much wine and then suddenly it's all on and it's like seven years of unexplored yeah. grievance when all they had to do seven years ago was someone have a chat about whatever the unresolved <laughs> thing was and, and and it's not to say that you want to go around kind of picking off the scabs off old wounds all the time you just don't want to let things get to that it's like if there's a little bit of a problem just say hey yeah let, let's sort this out i'm sorry if i upset you i didn't mean to i'm sorry if i was upsetting i'm sorry i'm your racist <laughs> uncle or you know what, whatever it is that gets in the way saw a good t-shirt online that i think i should get and it just had uh, sorry i'm late i didn't want to come <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought that would be a great t-shirt that is it exactly it's like <laughs> it's almost like practicing when someone says oh would you like to go to the movies tonight no Brilliant. So I so I have this thing that's happening next week. And you know, you know, you have those pinch me moments. Yeah. Where you go, oh, that's a bit cool. That's a bit special. So next week on Friday, I'm going to go and see Coldplay. Whereabouts? Wembley Stadium. No. I know, right? Something I would never have thought possible. Because I've never seen them. I've always wanted to see them. But for a while, they were yeah. touring a bit. And I was like, oh, I'll see them next time. I'll see them next time. 
and I didn't end up ever seeing them when they came to New Zealand. And for a whole variety of, you know, reasons, I'm going to be in the UK next week. We're going to a, our best man, it's his son's wedding. And so we were able to go and that's great. But I have this night that's free and it coincided with Coldplay wow. playing at Wembley. And I, you know, I said to my husband, Chris, would you like to go? And he said, no, but I'd love you to go. And so I'm going. And yay. Yay. I'm excited for that. That feels like some fun. Feels like some that joy. sounds excellent. And you know what the hardest thing about listening to Coldplay is? You can't tell when one song ends and another one begins. because they Well, they're all the same. All sound the same. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Coldplay is the band that people love to hate, right, because they're so cool. I'm just like, it sounds a bit like church to me, so I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> I would love to have been, if there was one concert I could have been in, it would have been Queen at Wembley. Oh, I yes. I think that would have been Amazing. phenomenal. Have you seen where they did the, the set of Queen at Wembley? And, and was it Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah. And they just played them side by side? Incredible, right? Oh, so what's the best concert you've ever been to? Well, see, this is the thing, Sash, because I haven't done a concert. Ever? Ever. Oh, was that on purpose? <laughs> is that deliberate? Well, I don't like crowds, so it's not my go-to. So my only ah. concert I had ever tried to go to is I said if Elton John came back to New Zealand, yes. I would go to Elton John. Yeah. So I, we booked the tickets. I had my support crew. We were going to get it done. And then obviously COVID happened and we he got sick and we were on the next night, so we never got to go. But he is coming back. Yes. So hopefully my answer to that question when you ask me again next year will be Elton John. Wow. Do you know, I don't think I knew this about you. We mm. are learning new things. That's, yeah. inc that's incredible. You will love, if, if there's one concert you go to, Elton John is it. There's this theory going around that he was um, – COVID like case zero in New Zealand because remember oh. he was coughing on stage and he had to yeah. leave he was a bit faint and then a couple of months later New Zealand locked down we're like Elton it was you <laughs> you bought the Rona <laughs> okay what's what about you what's your best concert you've ever been to I think you two Rattlin Hum at Western wow. Springs was amazing BB King opened for them that was pretty intense Billy Joel at Fenway Park was amazing in mm. Boston, incredible, incredible. Wow. I, mean, I mean, partly I go, oh, you just like such a wanker. But I'm nearly fifty. You know, I've, yeah. I've been some places. So you travel the world, you go to concerts, you enjoy Coldplay. But you know what? I never did an OE when I was younger, right? So I'm, I'm doing, oh, I'm doing right. an old ladies OE. Like I never went mm. and lived in London. I didn't do any of that kind of exploring or adventuring. So I'm kind of making up for it now. Mm -hmm.